Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Who's ready for some questions? This is Q&A. This is your opportunity uh, to text in questions from the sermon this morning. So the number will be up on the screen and you can text those in. And my name's Tracy. I'm the Director of Communications here on staff. And with us this morning is Doug Rudd, our teaching pastor, um, who shared from scripture with us this morning. When you started the service and you talked about, it's not Easter, which is so true. And I didn't think about that, that Really, the only time Pretty we talk much. about Easter. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there have been other times that we've talked about the resurrection outside of that, but it is true, and what a cool opportunity to to come back to that. Yeah, the you know because of the way we teach the scriptures here at the chapel, we may be teaching through the Gospel of Mark, like mm-hmm. is what we encounters with Jesus a few years ago, and so we would have gotten to the resurrection at a time different than Easter, but because we always do it on Easter, uh, we tend to not do it when it's not Easter, which for those who only come to church on Easter, they think there's only one message. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, um, if, you know, if we're going to become followers of Christ in this whole discipleship series, we're in that becoming a Christ follower, then we have to address the claim of the resurrection because the claims of Jesus uh, rise or fall on whether he was gen- whether he was indeed raised from the dead. It's so kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, more than kind of a big deal. Yep. It is, which is um, sometimes when it's not Easter, we almost only primarily talk about the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, is obviously the significant work of justification and the propitiation, kind of the, the big theological words of redemption and adoption that happen because of the cross. We can tend to focus almost primarily on the cross all the rest of the year, but we do have to understand Apart from the resurrection, the death of Jesus is just an, another death. And in fact, right. if he isn't raised, then it's not just another death. It's the death of a liar who greatly misled. And we would be people most to be pitied. Mm-hmm. And sin would not have been defeated. Right. Right. So everything really does in that manner hinge on the resurrection, not only in terms of our salvation, but then of mm-hmm. our sanctification of what we'll look at in a, in a few weeks, that it is the resurrection, Romans 6.4, it's the resurrection of Christ that gives me the hope to, for me to walk in newness of life, not just payment for the penalty of my past and my sin, but now a new enablement to walk in newness of life. So big fan of the silly statement, but big fan of the resurrection. I get that. It's just like me saying it's kind of a big deal. Like yes. Total understatement. Yeah. Total understatement. I love the way we walk through this, giving the example of if you're on a jury yeah. or a, a court case to walk through and think through this in a very analytical way. Uh, so one of the questions here is, how do we know the eyewitness accounts of the Bible are true? Yeah, that's um, so a fair question. The... The eyewitnesses' account, first of all, would have to be – first reaction is all 500 would have to have been on the in on the lie. So mm. I think that's why 
Uh, you know, everybody in a court case hopes for an eyewitness. Multiple eyewitnesses that actually say the same thing is what is so compelling. So 500 who are saying the same thing is, in a court of law, uh, an overwhelming case of, of evidence. It goes to then the deeper question, and certainly prepared this morning to, to understand that, okay, we read the biblical account, so maybe this is all just a hoax. And if, if that's where, if you're a listener and still wrestling with, well, do the scriptures have historical authority, then I would encourage you, if you will do even minimal research on the legitimacy of the Word of God, the Bible, as a piece of historical literature versus all of the other pieces of historical literature that we would readily admit that uh, is authentic. It is overwhelming, again, how much literary evidence in terms of manuscript and the date, the amount of manuscripts and the date of our manuscripts that authenticate the scripture to be a legitimate piece of work. Now, could it be a lie? At some point, you have to make a decision regarding, do I think this is just like a John Grisham novel? made up, or do I believe it to be the Word of God? If you're wrestling with that, two encouragements. Number one, do some basic, basic Google even research on, go to gotquestions.org. Is the Bible true? And read the arguments for the evidence that the Bible is true. That's gotquestions.org. Very simple. Second, and this has been so compelling for people who will actually do it. Just read through your New Testament. Just read through it. Just don't say what arguments you've heard other people say. Just read it for yourself. And I am very certain that if you'll read the Scriptures for yourself, you'll come to the conclusion by the work of the Spirit of God through the Word of God that this is a supernatural book that holds the truth to life. So do some basic study, gotquestions.org, read it for yourself. And I think the Lord will meet you on that path. Mm. And it truly is, as you read Scripture and experience the Lord in a personal way through a relationship, the Scripture uh, is living, and you mm -hmm. experience it as true yeah. um, in a way that almost seems a little crazy on the outside of that. But when you experience Scripture as true in your daily life or in difficult situations, it's it's life-changing. Yes, it is. And that's why I say uh, kind of a rule that we try to I try to follow is let's not talk about the Scripture without opening the Scripture. Mm. When I was in India, it was a rule that I tried to teach those guys. If they ask a question, then I would tell them, okay, let's open your Bible and look. The people want to talk about the Bible without actually reading the Bible, and I just don't think that's fair. We want to talk about the Bible, let's read the Bible. So again, here's a third idea for you. If you're wrestling with the authority of the Scriptures, uh, 
and you're, you're willing to say, okay, I won't talk about the Bible without reading the Bible, then on Thursday nights here on campus, we have a program called Discovery Bible Study. And it's not a lecture. It's not like a sermon on Sunday morning. It's people getting around in a circle, picking a passage from the Bible to read. They read it together, and they simply talk about what the Bible says. It might be a great start for you mm-hmm. if you're like, ah, I'm really not sure what I think about the Scripture. That's what folks are in there doing. They're like, ah, I'm really not sure. So Discovery Bible Study is an opportunity for you to talk about the Bible as you read the Bible versus talking about something that you're actually not looking at. One of the many cool things about DBS is you can jump in anytime. It's not like yeah. you have to be there for a certain number of weeks or at the beginning. You can jump in anytime yeah. and do that class. And I think the testimony, well, I think what you'll experience is the testimony of many who have done it is once they start reading the scriptures, they discover, wow, this is different than I thought it would be. The Bible speaks in a manner that I had not uh, really anticipated. So again, we have many times we have thoughts about a Bible that we've actually never read. So that's why my encouragement is read it for yourself and then and then come back and go, what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, towards the end, you were sharing stories about your recent trip and opportunities yeah. to share the gospel. So the question is, should you continue to share the gospel with someone who has already asked you not to anymore? Oh, um, no, I didn't. I, I wouldn't. I guess you could put me in a corner and go, but about this, 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 and maybe I go, okay, maybe I would. But generally, I, I didn't have any uh, reluctance with going, well, I'm going to honor this woman's request. Mm-hmm. And I didn't stay for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to go to another house, so we went to another house. But uh, no, I didn't press that. And so you're, maybe this person's asking uh, out of a family member that can be. But if a family member has said, hey, please don't talk to me about the gospel anymore, I don't think there's any reason to not honor that request. You can still talk about how Jesus has made a difference in your life. You could talk about how the Word of God has spoken to you, unless they say, please don't share that as well. But ultimately, Jesus said we're going to be known by our love for one another. Uh, You can't Somebody can't make you stop loving other people, so let your life be a witness and a testimony in that regard. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, feel like I was disobeying God if I shared the gospel with somebody and they said, "Please don't share it with me anymore." Uh, you get a little bit of this, uh, a sense of that in the pattern of Jesus. When he went home to Nazareth, and he spoke the truth there, and they rejected it, he moved on. And you get a little bit of this when uh, he sends out the 70 to begin to do kind of village-to-village evangelism like we were doing. And he said, where there are folks that reject the gospel, you go and share it. If they reject it, then the expression is shake the dust from your sandals and and move on. So I don't think we pre-decide whether we're going to share or not share. But once we've shared, and if there is a stated please don't share with us anymore, 
then we don't. Now, Peter and John, when they were told you can't share to anybody anymore, they said, no, we have to obey God rather than men. But I think that's different than sharing than a specific request with someone. I would agree. Yeah, that makes sense. I would make a distinction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jewish historian, and they state their name in, uh, about Jesus said, about this time lived a man, if it'd be right to call him a man. Are there other extra biblical witnesses? Yeah, I don't know if uh, who they Josephus is the most popular yes. Josephus. Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, is the most popular Jewish historian uh, who wrote about the person and work of Jesus at that time. There is another. Uh, I feel like I'm going to say the wrong name, so I'm not going to say it. But Josephus is the is the most well known. Extra biblical, not follower of Jesus, but a uh, person who speaks to the person and work of Jesus during that time. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't heard of him. <laughs> yes. Um, it made me think as we were talking about the gospel, for someone maybe who's never shared the gospel before, there can be, can be nerve-wracking. Um, how would you encourage someone for the first time to step out in their faith and share the gospel with somebody? Keep it simple. Don't try to make it complicated. The the gospel, well, here's what uh, Paul says to the Corinthians in chapter 15 before he goes into the rest of the chapter, chapter dealing with the resurrection. He says, I delivered what I received, hmm. that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day. So when you are sharing the gospel, I think the sometimes the hurdle we have to get over is the need that we have to answer, be able to answer everybody's questions. We can't. There's plenty of questions I can't answer. And I think I've demonstrated here in Q&A that if I can't answer a question, I just say I can't answer a question. When I was teaching the 77 guys, we were at a passage and they asked the question regarding um, a verse in one of the chapters. And it was in chapter 11 and had something to do with angels. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And they looked at me a little like surprised, like you're not allowed to say you don't know. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I could make up something, but I don't know. I, there's things that I don't know. So don't think you have to be able to answer all the questions. Keep it simple. Who Jesus was, the life he lived, because the life he lived uh, matters. Otherwise, you couldn't die a sacrificial death. The life he lived, the death he died, that he was raised from the dead, gave you plenty of um, evidence that he was raised from the dead. And then the promise that if you'll believe him, you won't believe in him, you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life. And when God is working, unmistakable. And when he's not, he's not. Absolutely. He will give you the words you need when you need him. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your questions. Really appreciate that. Hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.